Welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at vkcwest.com. We are going to take some time today uh, to continue in our Get Wisdom series. Uh, I want to do a little bit of a recap with that, with where we've done. Uh, our theme verse for the series it is, um, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. So Proverbs 4, verse 7. And so here's where we've been uh, in the past three weeks. Uh, the first week, we just titled it, Get It. So we get wisdom by asking God for it. So if we have any area of our life where we just sit there and say, in general, I lack wisdom, God says, ask me for it. Just all throughout the Old Testament and Testament, we see that we get wisdom by asking God for it. And, and just some of you may be saying, if you're following along, like, well, okay, well, what is wisdom? <clears throat> well, wisdom is what God gives us so that we can partner with him for his will, like his, his goodness, like what, what is best for our lives. Because he has that for us, but we need to partner with him. So wisdom is what helps us do that. Uh, next, for relationships, we saw that wisdom is found for relationships by placing Jesus at the center of every relationship. Uh, and so, and then last week we looked at wealth and generosity. <clears throat> and I like the key thing that Nathan said was, wisdom is discovered for finances by seeing wealth and generosity as a blessing instead of a burden. Um, that is something that God gives to us is a blessing for us and for others as well. So um, <clears throat> with the importance of wisdom, you know, we're looking at these different areas of our lives and we're looking at that if we incorporate wisdom, we get a good result. If we don't incorporate wisdom, we get a bad result. The book of Proverbs calls that foolishness. And it's okay, don't be offended. It calls all of us foolish if we, if we don't apply wisdom. So it's something that spans the entire uh, humanity. Um, <clears throat> talked about how when we apply wisdom that we actually change our family trees. Uh, you know, and so whether it's, you know, financial health or emotional health or um, <clears throat> uh, physical health, uh, all of these different things are our work life. We can actually change the way we are with those and the way that our family is after us by incorporating wisdom into those things. And so there's freedom that comes through it. Wisdom brings freedom in our lives. And so, because <clears throat> um, wisdom replaces our foolishness. So today, uh, we're going to continue by looking uh, about getting wisdom for emotions. So wisdom for emotions is a major driver in all these other areas. Because as we experience uh, relationships, as we experience finances, or as we experience work and words and the different areas that we're going to talk about, our emotions drive that. Our emotions drive our decisions and, and really shape our whole lives. And um, emotions are a gift for us, but they're also a problem. You know, some would say amen. You know, uh, if there's one thing that most people disagree about, it's, it's emotions. Some people just put it way up that it's the most important thing. And some people say that it doesn't matter at all. There's actually some theologians that believe that emotions are a part of the fall that actually we didn't have emotions before the first people sinned. Um, scripture goes against that because it says that uh, when Eve looked at the fruit, she was like, she felt like a, a pleasing feeling. So she actually had an emotion before she sinned. And so emotions uh, are a gift uh, because, uh, because 
God created us in his image. And they're a gift and a problem, though, because Proverbs 15 and 13 says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. So it's a gift, but it can also be a problem depending on what we do with it. But I mean, what it's talking about is, is like a happy heart. Like if my heart, like my emotions, and, and to be clear, typically when scripture talks about heart, it's really talking about our mind. Uh, you know, some people say, well, no, use your heart, not your mind. Well, scripturally, and when it comes to emotions, emotions are the energy that, that like keeps your, your brain going. It's the environment that your brain operates in. And so when you have a happy mind or a happy heart, it actually will show on your face. But then if there's heartache or sadness, it actually can crush your spirit. It'll be seen too, and, and we've all experienced that. So emotions are a gift because God created us like him. So this is how we know that, that emotions are real because and that God has emotions. So in uh, Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. So we know that God has emotions, and we have emotions. Uh, and that's a gift, is to be able to experience things like God. But emotions are a problem because we're broken people, and we're all trying to be whole again. And so the chaos of emotions if we don't treat them right or approach them right, ends up being a problem. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You know, I mean, any, anybody ever, you know, and it's not typically male or female. Um, you know, when it comes to emotions, we generalize and, and say, you know, many times people say oh, women are more emotional or guys are more emotional, but it's just situational typically. Uh, and people, and so some females are, are, are less emotional and some guys are more emotional, but <clears throat> it really has to do with the situation and what they really will open themselves up to. Like, did anybody hear the, the, the verse in the song, you know, Graves in the Garden? Like, I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. And we sing that, but like apply that. You know, it's speaking to God, but I remember Miss Foskett's English class at Torrey Pines High School. And Miss Foskett had my number, as many of my teachers did. And uh, she knew the ways that I, my defense mechanisms for not showing or interacting with emotions or letting people know who I was or knowing them. She knew them. And uh, she'd call them out. And, and I always loved it, too, when we would sit there and have heart talks. You know, we'd pass the heart you know, in the class, I'm like, oh gosh, this is a slow death, you know, just, and then uh, we wrote a paper and the paper was entitled, I am. And so with my defense mechanisms, I chose to just choose the words from a John Bovey, uh, John Bovey, John, John Bon Jovi. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah, lots happened between now and then. I did some things. And so, John Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. John Bon. Maybe you could start a new band, John Bon. So, so Bon Jovi song, right? You know, you know the song, uh, li- 
is it, live? no, it's not living on a prayer. It's just, uh, uh, it's the one about the cowboy, the cowboy, like uh, wanted dead or alive. You guys know that one? Yeah. So, um, and so, but there's a verse in there where it says, I am. And so I grabbed onto that and I wrote, I just wrote those sentences and I turned it in. It was like three or four. And so Ms. Foskett said, what are you doing? I said, well, that's how I feel. You can't tell me how to feel. I didn't score well on it. So, so we, we struggle with emotions, you know, especially if we have bad habits with emotions. And so emotions, the basic categories include joy, sadness, anger, disgust, hate, fear, surprise, and then there's dozens of sub-emotions. And so you've heard it said that like a football is an emotional game, right? And, and, and people watch the game and they say, oh yeah, look at these guys, they're fired up. But just watch the fans or just watch the coaches. I mean, all these emotions and then the sub-emotions, that's why it's an emotional game because people are just so involved and so into it. Uh, I mean, depending on who you watch the game with later this afternoon, if you're going to watch it, I mean, you may have people that uh, you talk, yeah, you talk about emotions. It could be somebody that like the rest of the time, they don't show any emotions, but now they're unglued, right? All the emotions are out there, you know, going for it. Uh, We've watched coaches and players uh, be ejected and, and be fined. Why? Because they lose their emotions, and uh, we've got a video, and on the video, it's uh, players playing in the game on the Eagles and the Chiefs. And they're players that uh, have trusted in Jesus Christ uh, as their Savior. And so look for it. We're talking about emotions today, but why is it so important? Like a lot, Some people say, well, gosh, why do I want to hear this sports person talk about God or Jesus and give thanks and do these things? Because they're on the biggest stage with the most emotions just like impacted in a short period of time. And guess what? They have to figure out what to do with those emotions. And that's what they're saying. As they talk here and this person's asking them questions, what do you do with these emotions? By the way, I will say, it's not on this clip. You can go to sportsspectrum.com. Wonderful people. Um, they, They share the stories of Christian athletes and their testimonies and things. But they interview Clark Hunt and uh, part of his interviews on here, uh, because he's a Christian, and, uh, and in the thing, he says, you know, for our family, this season, you know, these past few years has been a time of just peace and patience. I'm like, you ought to tell your fans that, you know, like, like I mean, this guy's fully invested money-wise, everything else, and he's like, peace and patience, we keep it in prayer. I'm like, man, give us some of that, you know, with the ups and downs. But I will say this, because it's always important, um, you know, putting anybody up here is not saying, hey, this person's perfect, you know, they nail it, they don't make any mistakes, anything like that, but there's somebody that's on the journey to knowing Jesus. Part of Mahomes' uh, interview, uh, which is not on here um, because it's just short clips of each, a, a few players on each team. Uh, he says that he just got a recent tattoo and uh, it's a tattoo of Eutychus. And Eutychus, we see in the book of Acts, uh, Paul was going through and Eutychus was uh, sitting in the house while Paul was preaching and uh, he was on the window, half in, half out. That's the way Mahomes saw it. You know, that, that, that he, he didn't want to be half in, half out with Jesus. 
And so he says it's a reminder to him to be all in with Jesus because Eutychus fell out of the window and died. God rose him from the dead. You know, Paul went down and prayed for him. But, but you know, it's a, it's a reminder for Mahomes, right? And so uh, he's on the journey. We're all on the journey. So let's watch this video together. We're going to watch it up here. My strength comes from, it comes from, from God. And um, I know the importance of faith. I know what my foundation is with my faith. And um, Nothing, nothing goes on without, without God. I have, I have plans and God has other plans, you know. Uh, I try to, try not to lean on my own understanding, you know. I read the Bible a lot, you know, because uh, that's how I fight my problems, you know. You know, prayer is powerful, man. I mean, that's all I've been doing, just praying and just doing all I can control and then staying in my word and, and making sure that I, uh, I, I, whenever I'm around my family, make sure I keep serving them and just enjoying every little bit of the good stuff that God want to give me. Whatever my career's done is, I mean, people, yeah, they're going to know me as a punter and whatnot. That, that's great. But, you know, I want people to know that, uh, you know, I was faithful to my wife. Uh, that I love Jesus. Um, that's the most important thing that's, you know, the most important things uh, to me. I think he's working through me, man, honestly. I mean, coming from Canada, New Jersey, who, who would have ever thought that a kid from Canada would be in this position? And I don't think he could get here, you know, without God. I just think that he's, you know, just be true. Be true to him. You know, things that I've done in my faith is, you know, I've probably grown stronger during those low times, and I think it's helped prepare me for the high times. Um, you know, I'm a believer in everything I do um, is for him. And, um, you know, just, again, just a blessing to be here where we are today. And, um, no, it, it's truly, truly incredible. And just, I was able to realize that this is like a platform. Like, I know if I didn't commit my life to Christ, like, this would be overwhelming for me. This would be... I would be going in the wrong direction. You know, all the success, all the attention, all the, you know, it, it's allowed me to, to stay humble, you know, and, and realize that I'm only here because of God. And all these uh, worldly things that we're involved in, and um, I've been able to, you know, become the man I'm supposed to be through God's eyes this year. I want to make sure people know, like, when, when they see me, they see Christ. My Christian faith plays a role in everything that I do. I mean, I always ask God to, to lead me in the right direction and let me be who I am uh, for his name. So it has a role in everything that I do. And obviously it will be on a huge stage in the Super Bowl that he's given me. And I want to make sure I'm glorifying him while I do it. Because I, I think in those times when it gets really rough, it doesn't just because I always have Jesus to fall back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, you got to have a strong faith, man. got to gotta stay strong. I uh, got to fight the long race, man. Just keep chip, chopping wood every single day. That's the most important thing. You know, if I didn't have faith in God, I don't think I'd be the father I am, the husband I am, the kicker I am. That kind of sets a tone for everything else, and everything falls under that. But that gives me the strength to go do everything I need to to do that, you know, I may have fears about. I might feel pressure. But I know I'm a child of God, and he's going to protect me. And maybe that protection is comes with some suffering, but I know that's what's best for me, and i got to accept that suffering and, and grow as best I can with that. Um, I think at this point it's just uh, timing. Timing, that's the biggest thing, timing. God's timing is everything. Um, also, it's just more the point is like, you know, uh, I think he took me out of the limelight for a reason for a while, just to kind of get away, kind of get back, re-diving re into my family, kind of get back to them for a little bit more. This time of year, it's easy to get tied up with the Super Bowl and thinking about how important uh, football is. But in our family, it's faith, family, and football, and, and in that order. And, uh, you know, that's a challenge, but uh, it's something that we really focus on as a family. 
and uh, it's the, the number one thing in our lives. All right. So did you did you hear, like, watch different things? Like, uh, was it Brandon Wallace? Is that his name? Williams, Brandon Williams, thank you. Used to be with the Ravens. You know, he, he says, you know, it's all about God's timing, right? Like, that's, that's emotions, right? So he had a time where he wasn't as in the limelight as much, and he pulled away, and he was actually stopped. He didn't know where he was going. But he, he says, but he decided to pan it into, it's God's timing, right? Because that's what's interesting about these guys is they talk about God and Jesus and these things is that they have emotions, and just like you and I, they have to do something with it right? Uh, I mean, uh, all these games seem to come down to like the last minute and you've got like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, whatever. And, uh, you know, we watch, wow, how'd they do that? They practice it. They practice it over and over again. The Chiefs, they have a guy, uh, uh, assistant coach that just like, he, he has all these different you know, every different scenario that they run through and they run through it over and over, all these creative situations and they, they pull all this different music and play different things, all these situations so that in the moment they can do it. Why? Not that they need to know how to play football, it's so that they can manage their emotions. And so what these guys are saying when they're saying this, they're saying, hey, like I'm putting my emotions into this place with God, with him. And so wisdom for emotions, because that's what we're doing. We're looking at all these different areas. We're saying, okay, what is wisdom for this area? Wisdom for emotions is to give it attention, is to pay attention to our emotions. You know, I mean, we see in a moment, these guys during the game, that their emotions in a moment can swing the whole game, the whole result of a season. And we look at that and, and we in our seat say, man, how could he do that? You know, but then we get on a phone call or, driving down the road or having a conversation with somebody we love or different things. And all of a sudden we're the person getting wrapped up in our emotions. And so we give emotions our attention. That's how we get wisdom. So Proverbs makes it clear that we're to give emotions our attention. So emotions are an adventure to be taken for sure. Uh, emotions are, are, are a gift to us. Like we talked about, uh, we see joy and sadness so Proverbs 17:22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So a joyful heart is good medicine. It's saying like a joyful heart is healing. Like this emotion of joy brings healing throughout our whole being. It brings healing to our mind. It brings healing to our bodies as we experience this emotion of joy. But then it also says that a crushed spirit or like sadness, like it actually withers away our frame, our bones. Like sadness can actually like wither it away so that the frame of what we are, and many of us have experienced that where there's such heavy sadness that we feel like we're completely just kind of melting away. Do you see those are emotions that are having a huge effect upon us? Uh, and then there's anger. And by the way, on your uh, outline, uh, if you see 1911, it's actually 29 or 2910 on the next one. Made a mistake. Um, fools give full vent to anger. Proverbs 2911, to, uh, to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Right? I mean, 
we've all been there. We're just like, man, I'm just going to, I just, I'm like a dump truck, baby. You know, and I just, I got this stuff and I'm just going to let it out. The problem is, is that anger is a gift. Anger is a gift to let us know that something's wrong. It's an emotion that lets us know like something is wrong here. And yet we find a way that we kind of just dump it. And this is saying that the person that gives full vent to it or just lets it go is foolish. Why? Because it just, it wrecks everything. It causes great damage. But then it says, but the wise person, so if you have wisdom, you're to bring calm in that. So the same person, the person that has anger, it's, it's not saying don't have anger. It's an emotion. But it's saying that in the anger, you can actually bring calm. Because you can't actually help what's wrong, whether it's wrong in you or it's wrong in somebody else, if you just give full vent to it. But if you actually bring calm... Anger is a gift, and you bring calm to what? To what's wrong. Uh, there's also hate or disgust. So uh, Proverbs 25, 17, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house too much of you, and they will hate you. Did you love that? <laughs> That's one of my favorite Proverbs. You know, it's just like, because I've thought about it for so long. Just, I mean, think about it. It's in, um, that if you go over to somebody's house too often, They'll start to, I mean, see what the Proverbs do, in some ways you apply them and you say, okay, I'm going to do this or don't do this. But what Proverbs do is they reveal to you who you really are. It, there's a saying in my father-in-law said it to me, but it's, it's, a, um, it's a Greek uh, mathematician and uh, philosopher that said it originally back in the sixth century BC. But it's just like the hardest thing you'll ever do is to get to know yourself to know who you truly are. And that's why a lot of us struggle with emotions because we don't want to know who we really are, what's really going on. But what this is saying is, is that the problem is, it's not that your neighbor has a problem, it's, it's that th- they'll experience the real you too much. Too much of Cody. You know, like, I'm full. I'm full. Like, I, I'm done. That's, that's, that's good. And so it reveals who we are. And then Proverbs 29.10, it says, the bloodthirsty hate a person of integrity and seek to kill the upright. So the, the Hebrew is actually the red person. When it says bloodthirsty, the red person. And it, it means that it, like somebody that's so bent on causing you know, pain and harm to other people that it's just that's what they're about, that they're just red. They're just full of blood. But, but what are they focused on? It, 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 they hate a person of integrity and seek to kill the other. So the Proverbs is saying, like, search your heart. Like, if you see, like, if there's somebody that is upright and has integrity in something and is good at something and doing, and, and you look at that and you're like, oh, man, those guys. Right? It's revealing something about you. It's revealing about that area. Like, oh, what does that say about me? I, I have a critical spirit or a a negative or a judgmental thing going on. Like it's not just somebody killing. It's just, so it's searching out your heart. I mean, and this is hard stuff, right? I mean, because who wants to deal with that? It's easier just to say, you know, the problem is them. And then there's fear, right? Proverbs 3, 21 through 24. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you 
an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. Then you will, now listen to this. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. I mean, who wouldn't want that? You know, we experience fear at other times in our day, but that one, it's, it's showing the extreme that when we lie down, that we're at rest. It's the person that has wisdom, that incorporates wisdom in. And it's also showing too, like if we lie down and we're fearful and, or throughout the day we're fearful, we're not incorporating wisdom into our emotions. And it's like the story that I heard of a man riding a horse and he was galloping quickly and it appeared that he was important and had some place to go. And, you know, wow, look at that guy. And, but there was somebody along the road and they said, I'm curious, where are you going? And he says, I have no idea. Ask the horse. That's how we get when we don't show attention to our emotions. Our emotions can just be a horse that we're riding along and riding along and, and not paying attention. And so what we do is we give emotions attention by giving emotions time. And if you've never, you know, said, I don't have time for this when things are emotional, you will. I don't have time for emotions or I don't have time for this. And, and it's because, well, there's more important things. And, and what's happening is, is, is we have a left brain and a right brain. Our, our left brain is the more logical, just pragmatic, okay? Just get it done. And then there's the right brain. And the right brain actually communicates with people's right brain, other people's right brain. And some people struggle to feel what other people are feeling. Or some people struggle to feel what they're feeling when it comes to that. And uh, there's a book, it's called The Anatomy of the Soul. Uh, really good. And it talks about how um, just how our neurological system interacts with God and how our salvation changes that. And, and one of the things that we see happening with people as they grow in Jesus and, and become more like him is you get more of an integrated brain left and right where it's more integrated together. And... Uh, he talks about, the guy that wrote it, uh, Kirk Thompson, he talks about when he, uh, he's a psychotherapist, and he talks about when he asks people, when he talks to people, he asks them, what are you feeling? And feelings, by the way, are different than emotions. But he asks them, what are you feeling? And he says that some people are able to tell what they're feeling. And then he'll ask them, where are you feeling? if they can't kind of come to that. Because sometimes, well, I, I'm feeling it in my stomach or tightness in my shoulders or, you know, the things that are going on. Um, but he says that some people will just say, I don't know. And that it's like a disdain for emotions and feeling. And he says, and I would agree, that that disdain for emotions or feeling affects our relationship with God. And so if we have an inability by choice or, or by woundedness or by defense that we don't go there with emotions, it hinders our ability to actually be in relationship and to know other people and to know God. 
Even though in your left brain, like everything's cool. You're like, yeah, this all makes sense. This is good. This is going to, I mean, I'm good. They're good. Everything's good. But then there's this whole emotional side, this right side and our brains like literally radiate out and pe- other people's brain radiate out. That's why you feel certain things from other people and, or maybe you don't. But questions to be asked about this to give emotions time is, what are you feeling or experiencing? You know, where are you feeling or experiencing? You know, what is someone else feeling or experiencing? Uh, What does God experience when he is with you? That's a big one. You know, like, what does God experience when he's with you? Um, I had like an aha moment just in the last year. There would be times that I would go to spend time with God, and I'd sit down in my chair in my room, and I'm just like, okay, all right. All right, God, here I am. All right, where are you? Where are you? It's me. Like, I mean, you've known me for all eternity. Like, you know, you, and I'll start telling him these. I mean, this is a real conversation. You know, like you created me in my mother's womb and, and you know, I'm here. And, and I mean, 30 years ago, I gave my life to you. I surrendered to you. I stopped fighting. Well, I, 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 surrendered, and I'm, I still fight sometimes, but here I am, and okay, here I am, God, it's me. And I, and I'm, and I just feel like, man, God, I'm not, I'm not sensing your presence. I'm not, um, feel like I'm, I'm with you, you know, what's going on? And, and, and then, and then I, I would get frustrated. And this happened for years, and I'm kind of like, why does this, like, I guess God's just not into me today, you know? But I preach that he's always available and always there. And, and, then I, and then I got it along this idea. Is that what I was experiencing was this idea. And then, and then sometimes I get frustrated. I'm like, God, what is it? Like, why, why aren't you with me? Why aren't you, why, like, why aren't you meeting with me? What is going on? What is, you know, and I walk through. I'm like, oh, maybe I did something. You know, I'm like, okay, all right. Is there anything, God? And so, see, I'm like you. Hopefully, you know, you guys are like, oh man, he's just like us. He's messed up. And so walk through, I'm like, God, what, you know, what, what, okay, all right. Oh, yep, yep. I, I said that thing or, okay, and I didn't, okay, yep, sorry, okay. All right, here I am. What's going on? And then, and then I'll get frustrated. Like, why can't you meet with me? What, right? And this is what I realized, the emotion I'm feeling of disconnect is God showing me what he's feeling when he's meeting with me. Because it's the when I feel that way is in it's times that I haven't given him my attention. It's times that I'm just doing my own thing and I'm just running off and going for it. And everything's on the move and everything's on the run. And just that, that sitting there. And then I show up, I'm like, okay, hey, cool. Hey, good to see you again. Here I am. All right, let me have it. Love me. And so what I realized is that it wasn't his emotion that I was feeling, that he didn't want to be with me or meet with me, but it was my emotion that he was mirroring back to me. Are you guys with me? You know what I'm talking about? 
That when we sit down with God, that if we feel that way, it's not him necessarily saying no. It's he's saying, hey, this is what I'm experiencing from you. I'm all in, but you need to know this is what I'm experiencing from you. This is what you're sending off to me. And I look back and I'm like, well, then why when I was a teenager and I was a total, I mean, I was way more of a knucklehead than I am now. I mean, like literally, I just really, you know, I mean, I mean, some of the things. I would just sit there and be like, hey, God. And it was just, and I would just experience his presence. Just like, wow. Just like love all around me. Just experience and spirit. Why? Because he's like, hey, I want you to mature. I don't want you just to have an experience where you say, hey, I expect, but I want you to know me intimately and emotionally. Like, isn't that amazing that God's that way? And so I looked and I said, well, God, why don't you do that? And, and the Lord says, well, because I want you to grow emotionally. I want you to know about yourself. And so what does God experience when he's with you? And it doesn't have anything to do with his love for you. His love is amazing for each of us. His, and he's, he's present and he's near and he's there. But what does he experience from us? I mean, if he was just somebody that is just like, that just had us do certain things or act a certain way or be a certain way, but he didn't interact with that. I mean, that's not a real personable person. And he's not a machine that we just press the vending button. I want AC and that's what I want and B6 today. And, and I just, and it comes down. Okay, I got what I want, but he's a real person. And so the emotions that we bring to him are real, but there are some cliff notes. Because the hard place you come to, if you're like me and you have a track record of not being there with God and then all of a sudden you want him is you know, scripture says that a humble and a contrite heart, God is yet to deny. And so that humility and that coming with, you know, just humbleness and contriteness and just like, okay, God, here I am. All right, it's the real me now. And it seems that he always comes and he always meets us. There's a saying I heard this week and it says, you can only be loved where you are vulnerable. Doesn't that stink? Because it's true. You can only be loved where you're vulnerable. And so the way that we're loved by God is by opening up the painful areas of our lives, by opening up the exciting things of our lives. I mean, opening up every area of our lives if we want to be loved by God or be loved by others, we have to be vulnerable. And I will tell you, I'm being vulnerable right now. Is, uh, you know, just I, like a, a sermon is like, uh, um, uh, it's like, don't be mad at me, ladies. But it's, it's like giving birth. It's, it's, it's a birthing experience where there's, there's highs and lows and, 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 and joys and pain and, and, and uh, you know, struggle. And, and, um, and, and what you're looking for is you're, you're not just looking for information to tell people, but you're, but you're looking for like the heart of God, like the burden of God for us. 
And, and, and you, you want it to be from his word, from him, because that's what actually changes a life or transforms a person. It's, it's not, you know, just something from, I used to have somebody that says, if you ever start preaching the Reader's Digest, I'm out of here. You know, you don't want to just take some pop culture or some pop thing or some pop idea that's tweetable, or whatever, and give it to people. But it's actually like to serve something up that's real, that is God's heart. That's what you look for in a sermon. And, if, and, if, and as you do that, you have to be a real person. And so you're interacting with like, how have I experienced this? Um, you know, what have I seen this in my own life? You know, how have I seen God do this? How have I, have I done this or done that? And, and I will tell you, the last week has been excruciating. It's been horrible, actually. Because what I realize is, is that while Miss Foskett put her finger on it, and I'm not that man that I was then, I struggle with this. I struggle with emotions. I struggle with being vulnerable to let people in, to be loved with people and with God. I struggle with it. And so, that, so just so you know, your pastor is like, I walk through, I'm not just like taking things and it's like, I'm like going in and that's why it's been so hard because I'm like, ugh, can I do something else, Lord? Can we, can we talk about something else? And, and even last night, I'm like, gosh, is there anything else we can talk about, God? Is there something else? And then I even went to bed last night. I, I didn't, uh, none of this, I, I threw everything away and I went to bed and I said, I said, okay, all right, God, you're just, your revival is gonna break out tomorrow. You're gonna do something else. The cloud of glory is gonna come down. And like the Old Testament, the priests are just gonna fall down and lay down. And, and I don't even have to say anything, God. Thank you so much. Praise God, glory to you. But he's like, no, I want you to walk through this. And so it's, it's hard with emotions. But if, we, but if we miss emotions, you guys, we miss people. And if we miss God, if we miss emotions, we miss God. I mean, this is where we experience it. But I talked about earlier that emotions and feelings are different. Emotions actually has partners. It's partners are feelings and the truth you know or truth. So think about it this way. Emotions are your engine, like if you're a car. Emotions are your engine. I mean, how important is an engine in a car? It doesn't happen without the engine. Whether, the, whether it's electric or, you know, whether it's gas or whatever. And then your feelings are the frame of the car. The frame of the car experiences anything that's happening within that engine. That if there's something wrong with that engine and it's rattling or moving, or it, you're going to feel it in the frame. You, I mean, the person that's driving feels it up through the seat and everywhere else. And then, the tr then, then there's truth or the truth you know. That's the mechanic. Or if you're good with cars, that's you. I mean, how many times have you brought your car to the mechanic and it's like it doesn't do what it does? Like all of a sudden it hides from, from the mechanic or it hides from you. You see, emotions inform our feelings and our feelings decide what to do with it. Like one of the things that was so hard for me is as I'm walking through this, I'm like, wow. So what we do when we have certain emotions, if we give them attention and give them time, then we can actually figure out what's wrong or what's right. 
I mean, think about that too. We've talked in a negative sense, but what about what's right? Like, like to pay attention to give it time that when you experience joy, like when you're truly happy, like when everything is good, like give that time. But when we don't, then we get patterns of unhealth in our lives. And what do we do? Uh, we, we, we move on to something else to take away the emotion and then the feeling or the rattling, right? And instead of taking it to the mechanic. And as I'm doing this thing, the thing that was so hard as I'm walking through, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it right now. Like I'm, I'm doing what I've been doing and what I'm feeling because I'm feeling this way and I'm doing it right now and I'm, 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 I'm doing the thing that I do. I know what I do. I know the things I fight against. What do you do? And the thing I'm talking about is this. When I experience pain as a, like, early, uh, like 10, 11 years old, when my parents were divorcing, like, the, when I feel emotions, I would eat sweets. I'd eat candy. Because we moved in from out of town to this little apartment in town. My mom and my brother and I, my dad was at our house out in the country. And there was this little market there. And I'm like, and I'm like oh, there's candy. And so I just, I just, candy. And so I realized that, that when I'd feel that, when I'd feel stress, and, and all the way through, like, you know, when I did my master's degree, I'd feel stress and I got tons to do. I need candy because I'm feeling it, right? So, and I did that as I'm doing this, as I'm typing this and walking through that we medicate and we do these things. I'm like, where's the candy? Because I'm feeling stressed. I'm eating candy. And I just didn't do it as I knew it. I'm like, I ate all the candy. You see how we do that? And I realized in that moment more than ever, I'm like, that's what I do. If I'm feeling emotions or feeling feelings, I go to that. Yeah, it's better than crack cocaine, but, you know, it'll still, it'll still probably, it's probably not good for me, right? And I'm much better than I used to be. But it's still a problem, right? Because I'm not giving it attention, I'm not giving it time, and just saying, like, hey, I'm messed up. I remember our drive out here to uh, Kansas when we were driving from California to take the pastor here, July 2018, and uh, we had sold our home. I mean, it was just—I uh, mean, it was crazy. Like beginning of April, we made contact with everybody here, and then, and by uh, you know within uh, you know two months, sold our house, bought a house out here, went out here, moved out of the house, packed the stuff up, went on vacation, was coming out here, and, and we needed a car. We needed a car, and so, so like we get back from vacation. I've got 24 hours to buy a car. I'm rushing around trying to find a car. Bought this car. As I'm driving out, we hit like Victorville, like high desert California. Stuff starts call- falling off of the car as we're driving. What was that? You know, and uh, you know, I'm like, oh, geez, this is bad. And then, and then, uh, and then we're driving through the mountains in Colorado the, at the uh, Continental Divide, and uh, right before it, through the, you know, pretty and stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, it's raining and hail. I'm like, oh man, I knew it. The Lord brought us out here to kill us, you know. And uh, you know, and and then all of a sudden, the you know, the windshield wipers fly off of Michelle's car, and you know, and and all this stuff. And all the while, I'm saying, okay, Lord, you spoke to me. Uh, you spoke to me. He said this to me. I didn't know. This is months before. Before, uh, we heard about things out here, but he spoke to me. He said, I'm going to bless you in the land of your fathers. 
like, what? My land and my father's, uh, well, my, my family's from out here in Missouri. And so this area, this Midwest here, this, this, it's the land of my father's. It's where my grandfather's from. It's where, it's where people were for time before they headed off into the military and other places. And so I'm like, okay, this is it. And so I kept saying that to myself. He's going to bless me in the land of my father's, you know. And, and then we get over the continental divide and I'm driving through. We got the dog here, the cats in the other van and the other kids in there. And I got one of my boys and we're driving, going through the tunnel, Eisenhower tunnel through there. And, and all of a sudden I have a panic attack driving down the thing and it's raining. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't feel my hands. I can't, you ever have that? You don't need to raise your hand. But you know, and I had no candy, you know, <laughs> right? You know? And so, so, you know, my son sitting next to me, he's like, dad, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. Not only me, but the dog, you know? And, uh, and I'm in the slow lane. I'm going like 30 down this thing. I'm like, I got to pull over. So we pull over and, and, uh, uh, dog's there. My son's there and he's doing great. And then we pull over and, and, and I'm just like, wow. But I was, see, I was pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. I wasn't paying attention to my emotions because all the stress of getting out there and, and that's the point we get to when we don't pay attention. I'm like, okay. You know, and, and after that, I got good. The next day, the cat pooped all over itself and everything else. I kept a <laughs> clear mind to actually help clean it up. You know, was doing better. But do you see, we're, 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 we're not just these machines, these systems. Emotions have an effect upon us. And they shape our lives. You know, Psalm 42, 1 says, As the deer pants for streams of water... So my soul pants for you, my God. You know, those of us that are more maybe left brain and it's just like, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm right with God because of what I believe. I, I know what I believe and this is what I believe and this is right and it's in the Bible and this is, you know, there's something to that. That's the truth of the mechanic. There's something true. It's here. God has said it. This has happened. That's real. But that's not what this guy's talking about. He's not saying I can't wait to be with God like a deer pants for the water that it's thirsty, that it's been running through maybe wildfires and it's been so far from a stream. And it's just like, I need to be satisfied. I need to have my thirst quenched. I'm going to die if I don't get to this. The deer isn't saying that. The person doesn't say that. Like, I just can't wait to be with God so he can tell me again the things that he's done or that are true or the facts. No, it's the emotions of this person. That I, I, I need to be with God. It's, it's this person has met with God in their emotions. They've experienced God. And if there's one thing, you know, as a pastor, I talk to people all the time. One of the biggest things that they say when it comes to us is they say, you know, I struggle. And, and Gandhi and other people have said, well, I struggle. It's like, well, Christians, why aren't they? I read Jesus and I see Jesus but why aren't Christians like Jesus? Or why do Christians say they believe certain things, but then they do these things and those things? And I think a major driver, not the only, not the only one, is that, is that we don't connect with God emotionally. And part of it's the problem of people like me. They say, hey, here's the truth, you believe it, okay? It's just in the Bible. We need to connect with God emotionally. And I know some people, you know, it's like we struggle with that. But that's what changes us. And this person says, like a deer pants for water. So I long, I long to be with God. Why? To be known, to experience emotions with him, to experience his emotion. 
I mean, listen to this. And God says this to you, Zephaniah 3.17. Listen to this. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I mean, that picture is all throughout scripture of a God that is like, I mean, that you would experience his delight in you. That's an emotion that you would experience his, his love, his acceptance. You experience, I mean, it says that he's, he's singing over you. I mean, to make this more clear, like whoever your favorite band is, imagine they come to your house and they play a concert for you. And they sing your favorite song for you. Like anybody like Taylor Swift? Do you, Brett? Do you own it? Yes. So, you know, okay. So, so Taylor Swift, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, or you too, or, or whatever it is, that, that they're there right there. They're singing your favorite songs to you. Wouldn't that be crazy? And yet that's what the God of the universe that loves you, it says that how, that's how his affection is for you, how his emotions are for you, is that. And so an exercise is, as you go is to take Psalm 26, two through three and walk it out in your life. I know I'm going to. Thank you for being here for psychoanalyzed Cody hour. We may do it again soon. Psalm 26, two through three says, test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. This is giving time for emotions. For I have always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. So this person, the psalmist, is asking God to reveal to him the content of his heart, the content of his mind. The writer's giving attention to and feels the love of God for him. He wants to know what is in his own mind and is asking for another to help him. Like we sang earlier, I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, God. He is not fearful of what he will come into contact with there, especially when he's surrounded by love to begin with. So neither should we be afraid. And so emotions, wisdom for emotions is giving it attention. Will you do it? Yeah, I'm super excited after you described your week, you know? But it is. And the most amazing thing is that God longs to be with us. He longs to share his love for us. And if you've ever said to yourself, Man, I hear God loves me. Jesus loves me, but I, I, okay, but it's a fact. You hit it in your, you look at it as a fact. And you say, well, I, I want to experience that. Or wouldn't that be nice? Or only certain people experience that. It's this. You're only loved where you're vulnerable. I know all the places that I've experienced more and more of God's love have been when I let him into into painful areas and joyful areas 
where I'm like, God, I really like doing this. I feel alive when I'm doing this. And he's like, I made you that way. I'm with you when you're doing that. Or God, you know, this thing that happened to me, you know, like that's really real. Like no matter how much I tried to stuff it, like that really happened and it hurt. And God says, I know. Experience my love. Let me love you. It's for, it's for all of us. And so, so I know, uh, you know, this may unearth some different things, um, but know that, that God is good. Know that he loves you. Know that he's near. And it also comes through people too. It's actually one of the key ways he loves us is allowing other people in. And so what would it be like if we were real people? That we paid attention to what was going on instead of just pushing it away, pushing it away for years and years and years. Then all of a sudden noticing the, the effect. God is relentless at making us whole. He's relentless at loving us. He's relentless at, at just making us free people more so than we are. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your care for us. Um, Lord, thank you for the gift of emotions, God. And we love you, Lord. And Lord, just as we worship now, I pray you'd help us out, Lord. I pray you'd help us out, work beyond our defenses that we've created, God, that we might experience you and know you, God. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come? We turn our hearts to you. And, and, you know, if this is your heart, if this is your prayer, you may just tell them. You may just say, God, I let you into all the painful and wonderful things of my life. I let you in. I want to experience your love in all those places. And he's, he's, a, he's a skillful surgeon. He doesn't do it all at once. But it's so good, the freedom and the love that comes. And let's stand and worship together. Thanks for listening this week. If you are looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, go to bkcwest.com. 